In this episode of The Secrets of Product Management, a quick look back at 2021 that leads me directly into some thoughts about complexity, the domain of product management, and some mental models that I find useful. All that and more coming up in this episode. This is Nels Davis, and you're listening to episode number 104 of The Secrets of Product Management podcast. You can find the notes for the show at secretsofpm.com slash 104. Lots of links and resources for learning more about some of the ideas I'll be sharing. In short, a quick retrospective leading into a discussion of systems versus goals, and then a short dive into complexity, the domain of product management. Retrospective-wise, this is going to be short because in all honesty, who cares about how I think about my podcast, right? I don't think you care that much. But it will lead into some potentially more compelling topics very quickly. So I'm going to ask myself the usual questions. What went well? What went badly? What do I want to continue doing? That's one form of doing a retrospective. So let's dive in. What did go well? Well, I got more consistent. I grew listenership as I got more consistent. That was awesome. I had a few more guests on, and I thought some of those episodes were really good with the guests. So that was some really good stuff for the podcast. What went badly? Well, I did get consistent for a while, and then things fell off. And then I got consistent again, and then things fell off. So the consistency was not consistent. I was more consistent, but not perfectly consistent. So what do I want to continue doing? Well, I don't know if you, the listener, care that much about consistency. I like to think you care more about the quality of the episodes than the consistency. And so I focus on making sure every episode is meaty and meaningful, which I have a hard time managing on a weekly basis, to be honest. But it worries me when I can't keep up the consistency. So that's just a reality. What I want to con- One thing I want to continue doing is having guests on, especially guests who can add something that's not just pure product management. There are lots of podcasts where they interview product managers, and that's interesting and awesome, but I've made it my goal to bring in perspectives that are not just about product management, but from our colleagues in other domains who have a lot to tell us about what they need from us, what they have to give us, and how we can succeed better together. Another thing I want to keep doing, and I've done it once this year, is having guests on whom I can help with their stories. I've only done this with one guest so far, Jose Platero, in episode number 99, But I know there are a lot of people out there who have great accomplishments, but could use some guidance on how best to express these accomplishments as great stories. And in fact, I want to invite you, if you have a great accomplishment, but want my help to get a great story out of it, just reach out. I'd love to have you on the podcast or we can just talk about it. Either way. So that's my quick retrospective. And one of the key points there was, I want to get more consistent. So how do I do that? Well, that's going to let us segue right into an interesting topic of systems versus goals. And so I have a goal of being more consistent, but as a lot of people say, really, you shouldn't be thinking about goals, you should be thinking about systems that as a side effect of the system working, the goals are achieved. James Clear tells us in his article, forget about setting goals, focus on this instead, that eventually I began to realize that my results had very little to do with the goals I set and nearly everything to do with the systems I followed. I'll put a link in the show notes to that article by James Clear. And I also did a podcast episode earlier this year about the Deming 95-5 rule. That's episode 74. And Deming's rule is 95% of variation in the performance of a system is caused by the system itself. Only 5% is caused by the people. And so that, again, points out the importance of systems and how much impact systems have on outcomes. So take a listen to that episode number 74 about Deming's rule. I have some interesting 
metaphors in there comparing systems to basketball and all kinds of things. I thought it was pretty interesting, and it's a very important concept, whether or not you're a basketball fan or not, to understand about how much impact systems have on outcomes. So the question is, can I fix my consistency with a better system? Could I just create a better system that would obviously follow from what I just talked about? And I get and understand the power of systems. They're very important. But it seems to me there are places where systems fall down. And that's what the rest of this episode is going to be about. The fact is that I have a lot of this podcast systematized. Once I record an episode, it's only 30 minutes to an hour before I'm ready to publish it, including editing the episode, creating the show page, uploading the audio, creating the cover image, and all those things. But I do not have a system. And I'm inclined to think that I can't have a system that will create worthy content for the episode. And that's the sticking point. That is, the actual ideas I'm trying to get across, the words I say, the organization of the topic, and even for topics where I'm reasonably knowledgeable and have a lot to share, the process of getting that knowledge out of my head into a Google Doc, which is what I use for writing my podcast scripts, or into a PowerPoint, and some episodes aren't actually scripted, but actually me presenting off the cuff, from a PowerPoint presentation I made, it usually takes multiple hours and includes a lot of figurative hair pulling and blood sweating. And this, more than anything else, is why some weeks there is no podcast episode. I don't have a good enough idea or concept or method to share with you that week. Or I might have had a good idea, but I couldn't get it into words that were effective. You know, I have lots of half-written podcast episodes on great topics that are just waiting for me to figure out how to express them effectively. So systems are great for what can be systematized. And this leads to an interesting topic I've mentioned before, but which I think I need to do a whole episode about at some point, but I'll briefly talk about it here. And I'm talking about the Kanefen model. Now I'll put some links in the show notes to this. Kanefen is C-Y-N-E-F-I-N. It's a Welsh word. The model itself was developed by a guy named Dave Snowden, who happens to be Welsh, and he used this word that he thought would, <laughs> would be a good name for the model, basically. He invented it for a particular purpose that's slightly different from how I'm going to talk about it here, but the core concepts map very well to issues we struggle with in product. So Kanefen was developed as a model for knowledge management professionals to use for what they call sense-making. One definition of sense-making from Richard J. Cordes is sense-making is literally the act of making sense of an environment, hence the name, achieved by organizing sense data until the environment becomes sensible or is understood well enough to enable reasonable decisions. In other words, sense-making is about making sense of what's going on. And I'll put a link in the show notes to Richard's article, which is called Making Sense of Sense-Making, what it is and what it means for pandemic research. It's a recent article. So basically, one simplification of the Kanefen model to get into brass tacks is that it divides situations, the things we're trying to make sense of, into four main types. Simple, complicated, complex, and chaotic. Now, in the model, these are depicted as quadrants in a diagram, so they're often called quadrants. And there is some permeability between the quadrants. Complicated and complex are next to one another, and sometimes it's hard to determine if a particular problem is complicated or complex, or it might have characteristics of both, which is common. Or it might be that a problem that once was complex is now understood well enough to be considered complicated. So complicated is less difficult, basically, than complex. And I'll talk about that now. So 
most of the systems that Deming and James Clear talk about are in that complicated domain. The nature of a complicated situation, and this is a quote from the Wikipedia article on Kanafen, the relationship between cause and effect requires analysis or expertise. There are a range of right answers. In other words, I'm breaking in here to the quote, there is a way to determine cause and effect, and you can do it a priori from seeing the causes, but you have to have a deep understanding of the situation. So getting back to the quote, the framework recommends the process of sense, analyze, respond, which is basically assess what's going on, analyze that data that you gathered, and apply the appropriate good operating practice. In other words, you have to look at the situation deeply. You have to use potentially complicated and deep kinds of thinking to see where the connections are and how the, how the results will end up from those causes that you observed, but that you can, you can typically do that. So in the end, it is possible to work rationally toward a decision, but doing so requires refined judgment and expertise. And this is the province of engineers, surgeons, intelligence analysts, lawyers, and other experts. That's the end of the quote. Now, the manufacture of a car or an airplane takes place in the complicated domain, typically. Not the design, but the manufacture. Lots of moving parts, lots of things coming together. A particular problem, for example, in the manufacturing line might be caused by something that happened well before, but it's always possible to figure out what that cause was and then to address it. When something goes wrong, it's feasible to find the root cause quickly and address it. It's possible to find metrics that directly indicate the quality and accuracy of the process. Now, in contrast, the type that's most important for us as product managers is not the complicated domain, but the complex domain. Again, from the Wikipedia article on Kanafen, the complex domain represents the unknown unknowns. Cause and effect can only be deduced in retrospect, and there are no right answers. Instructive patterns can emerge if the leader conducts experiments that are safe to fail. Kanafen calls this process probe sense respond. And an example of a non-technical domain where you might see a complex situation and how it's dealt with is in insurance. So hard insurance cases are an example of a complex situation. The quote from one of the authors quoted in this Wikipedia article is that hard cases need underwriters and the best all do the same thing. They dump the file and spread out the contents on their desk and start looking at it. So the way you attack a complex problem is much different and more uncertain in its results and outcomes than the way you attack a complicated problem. So the bottom line is that you can systematize your approach to a complicated problem, while that is normally not how you'd think of getting to the solution of a complex problem. And I would say, getting back to the original topic, writing a podcast script worth listening to is a complex problem. And each of my episodes is actually a little safe-to-fail experiment as is the process of writing the scripts themselves. I start with some ideas that I write down, and then I read what I wrote out loud, and then I groan or roll my eyes and do some editing, some clarifying, some fixing, and I read it out loud again, or I don't. Maybe I let it sit for a day and then come back to it. And that's the type of process that a complex world or a complex situation requires. So how does this tie back into product management? So I've been skirting around a little bit. I keep saying product here and there. But let's talk about how a system is good for some things, but not for everything. It's good for getting podcast episodes produced once a script is written, but it's not so good for creating a good script. Well, let's talk about lean startup. 
So obviously, Lean Startup is a concept close to our hearts as product managers, particularly in software. I'm going to assume that you're familiar with the concept and probably have read the book by Eric Ries. If not, you definitely should. It's one of the books I always recommend to product managers. Lean Startup, the book, popularized the term minimum viable product, or MVP, which I'm sure you've heard, a concept that's been poorly understood by nearly everyone. But if you read the book closely, the best kind of way of thinking about an MVP is that it's an experiment to get data related to a hypothesis you've made about your product concept. For example, the hypothesis might be that people need and want a product that solves problem XYZ. And the MVP would be a landing page on the web and some advertising driving traffic to the landing page promising a solution to XYZ. Now, if enough people who arrive at the landing page give you their email address, that's a signal there might be demand for your product. Now, this cycle is called test, measure, learn in the Lean Startup model. So another way of saying test, measure, learn is probe, sense, respond. So the MVP is an example of a probe, sense, respond approach to finding the solution to a problem or understanding a situation as it's done in Kanafen. So that's the technique you'd use for learning about complex situations in Kanafen. So the Lean Startup learning cycle is just doing probe sense respond over and over again. So one potential goal to achieve if you're in a complex space is to do enough of these experiments to move at least part of the problem to the complicated space, where at least you have a good enough model of what's going on that you can make progress using the more concrete sense, analyze, and respond rubric, as it's called in Kanafen, or just you understand the problem well enough that you can start to build a solution that will work or that will be interesting to the market or something like that. This is true of a lot of what we do as PMs, the same thing. You can have a system for doing market discovery and a system for asking questions, but getting from the answers to those questions to a problem we're solving and we're solving by you is much more of a complex journey. So with a system of doing market discovery, you're more likely to find those problems we're solving but we know you don't need a system to find them. Lots of products have been created via hunches and even, success, even some successful products. And we also know that systems don't necessarily result in product success. There are lots of failed systems out there or products that were launched based on a failed approach to market discovery. So one more caveat on all of this, everything I'm talking about, systems and goals and Kanafen and complex versus complicated, they're all real things in the world, right? Real things in the world are complex or they're complicated. There are real systems in the world, but that also entails all the things about being in the real world, messiness, randomness, human foibles. But these are also all mental models, sort of ways to understand what's going on, filtered obviously through human intuition, perception, and bias. And, you know, weird things can happen because of all that. Your system might be my goal. My complex might be your complicated. So take this whole discussion as a few ways to improve the set of tools in your mental and cognitive toolbox and potentially ideas for ways to take action. One other quick thought about this. I rail a lot against the idea of if you can't measure it, you can't manage it, which is incorrect for many important things. I have a podcast episode about that. I'll put a link in the show notes. In particular, it's incorrect for things that are in the complex space because in the complex space, you don't know that much about cause and effect because measuring the system often causes it to change or your perception of it to change, almost in a Heisenbergian way. The observation affects the results. 
So summing up, what are some things you can do to take action on these ideas? Well, obviously think about systems versus goals. They are powerful. If you're thinking about your goals for 2022, for example, a better approach might be to take the thinking up to the level of systems as opposed to individual goals. Think about what you'd have to implement on an ongoing basis so that the achievement of the goal would be a side effect of the system. Then also, second, think about complexity versus complicated and where the challenges you're currently facing fit on that spectrum. And my expectation is that the difficult and challenging product management problems are always in the complex space. You might also want to determine if the thing you're facing is actually chaotic, which is another problem altogether that's a different quadrant of the Kanafen model, and there's a different way of approaching chaotic problems. And finally, number three, take a look at the Kanafen model. I'll put a few links in the show notes. It's worth learning something about, if only to have yet another mental model in your back pocket. So those are three things you can start doing today. I also recommend, I think it's always a good idea to do a retrospective, as I did for 2022, on whatever it is that you've worked on. So you can think about, well, what should I be improving? Doing retrospectives once a year is probably not often enough. You should probably think about doing retrospectives on your own work, you know, more often than that. So at any rate, Happy New Year. It is the turn of the year. That's why we do the retrospective on this podcast. I hope yours is off to a great start. Do a quick retrospective of your own year. Figure out what you want to keep doing and what you want to stop doing in 2022. I'm going to keep putting out podcast episodes, among other things, and I hope you continue to listen to them. This has been episode number 104 of the Secrets of Product Management podcast. Please like, rate, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. The show notes are at secretsofpm.com slash 104. You can also leave a comment or complaint there or connect with me on LinkedIn or Twitter. Thanks for listening. And until next time, this is Nils Davis. Bye-bye.